in my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench. Women not shaped from the same mold, but of different complexions. I am, as you know, a Brooklynite, born and bred, a first-generation American on my father's side, barely second-generation on my mother's. Neither of my parents had the means to attend college. What has become of me could happen only in America. This is a special report of the beat. Honoring Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now reporting on M. Good evening to all our listeners in the United States and welcome to our listeners across the world. We've covered and conversed many important and saddening issues during our time together, and there is never an easy way to report death. Late Friday night, Associate Justice of the Supreme Court Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away after complications with metastatic pancreatic cancer. Ginsburg is expected to lie in repose at the Supreme Court, and a public viewing is planned to be held outdoors. Flowers, candles, and posters were left on the Supreme Court to honor Justice Ginsburg, and statements from Supreme Court justices were released upon Justice Ginsburg's death. Chief Justice John Roberts saying, quote, Our nation has lost a jurist of historic stature. We at the Supreme Court have lost a cherished colleague. Today we mourn, but with confidence, that future generations will remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg as we knew her a tireless and resolute champion of justice. Associate Justice Sonia Sotomayor writing, My dear friend and colleague Ruth Bader Ginsburg was an American hero. She spent her life fighting for the equality of all people, and she was a path-breaking champion of women's rights. Ruth lived a profoundly meaningful life, and the numerous ways in which she changed ours will never be forgotten. And Associate Justice Neil Gorsuch penning, Louise and I lost a cherished colleague and friend. For 40 years, Ruth served the American people as one of the most distinguished judges. Her sacrifice for the country were many, but always performed with honor. We will miss Ruth and our hearts go out to her family. Reactions from politicians followed suit as well. Hillary Clinton tweeting, Justice Ginsburg paved the way for so many women, including me. There will never be another like her. Thank you, RBG. Along with that, her appointer, former President Bill Clinton, wrote, We have lost one of the most extraordinary justices ever to serve on the Supreme Court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's life and landmark opinions moved us closer to a more perfect union, and her powerful dissents reminded us that we walk away from our Constitution's promise at our peril. In Congress, Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez wrote this upon Justice Ginsburg's passing. We have lost a giant in the history of our nation with the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It is, her, it is heartbreaking that in her final moments, she was, as are many others, preoccupied with what would happen after her passing. I want to make one thing clear. We can and must fight. And this is what the two contenders for the presidency had to say. First, President Trump. She just died? Wow. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. She led an amazing life. 
What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. I'm actually sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. And now here's former Vice President and now candidate Joe Biden. We learned of the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg who is not only a giant in the legal profession, but uh, a beloved figure. And uh, my heart goes out to all those who cared for her and care about her. And uh, she uh, practiced the highest American ideals as justice, equality and justice under the law. And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, stood, uh, stood for all of us. As I said, she was a beloved figure. In what is a reversal from their 2016 opinion, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, just an hour after Justice Ginsburg's passing, announced that the Republican-led Senate will put a vote on a Supreme Court nominee by President Trump to the Senate floor with only now 44 days until the election. Justice Ginsburg reportedly said to her granddaughter that her dying wish is that a justice should not be appointed to her seat until after a new president is elected. For some perspective, back in 2016, McConnell, Senate Republicans, and then-candidate Trump all came to the consensus that after the passing of then-Justice Scalia in February of that year, the next president should appoint the justice to fill Scalia's seat. Although President Obama nominated Judge Merrick Garland, Garland did not receive a Senate hearing. There were over 200 days until the November 2016 elections, and there is now 44 days until the November 2020 presidential elections. A full 180 from McConnell, the president and Senate Republicans. The president tweeting at GOP, we were put in this position of power and importance to make decisions for the people who so proudly elected us, the most important of which has long been considered to be the selection of the United States Supreme Court justices. We have this obligation without delay. Again, back in 2016, then-candidate Trump and then-candidate Ted Cruz said that the next president should appoint a judge to Justice Scalia's seat. Senate Democrats are responding with warnings that if the Republican-led Senate majority do not follow their own rules that they put in place in 2016, then, according to Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, quote, every option is on the table, end quote, come the next term. Right now, it's a numbers game to stall the nomination. There are 53 Senate Republicans, 45 Democrats, and two independents caucusing with Democrats, and... They, Democrats need four Republicans to side with them, but they also need all Democratic senators to side with their own caucus. Right now, two Republican senators have opposed the confirmation of a Supreme Court nominee before the election. They are Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Susan Collins of Maine. When we come back, we're going to be taking a look at Justice Ginsburg's wife and how she became an icon, rather a pop icon, crossing generations and future generations to come. Hi, I'm Christine, and I'm a big fan of The Beat with Panya In. I get caught up on the 2020 elections, the news of the week, and the latest hot topics. Make sure you tune in every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi everyone, this is Panya In, and before we get to our regularly scheduled program, I just want you to know this. If you're like me, coffee is your main source of energy. Well, I want to tell you about this cute little tumbler I got from Sparkles and Confetti. It has like my name written in Art Deco design and the New York City skyline. It just screams me. Whether it's personal gifts like this or party planning ideas after coronavirus, go to Sparkles and Confetti on Instagram to add that glitz and glamour into your life. That's at Sparkles and Confetti. That's at S-P-A-R-K-L-E-S-N-C-O-N-F-E-T-T-I. Now, back to the program. I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. That was Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg speaking in her documentary, RBG, which you can watch over on Hulu. As we mentioned earlier, sadness is felt all over the country over the death of Justice Ginsburg. The Justice and I share something in common. We were both born in Brooklyn. And just yesterday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said a commission will choose an artist and oversee the selection of a location for a statue in Brooklyn that will serve as a physical reminder of Justice Ginsburg's, quote, many contributions to the America we know today and as an inspiration for those who will continue to build on her immense body of work, end quote. Governor Cuomo also ordered New York landmarks such as One World Trade to be lit in blue, a color to symbolize justice and reportedly Justice Ginsburg's favorite color. Outside her childhood home in Flatbush, her initials RBG are seen added to a street sign to honor her. And at the high school she attended, flowers and posters honoring the justice can be seen. One of them read, We love you, RBG. Like I said, Justice Ginsburg and I share something in common. We're both Brooklynites. She was born in Brooklyn in 1933. Her father, a furrier in the height of the Great Depression, and her mother worked in a garment factory. Her mother watched over her life as Ginsburg excelled in high school, but sadly passed away the day before the future Supreme Court justice was set to graduate the next day. Ginsburg's success in academia continued when she went to Cornell University and graduated at the top of her class in 1954. That very same year, she met Martin Ginsburg, a first-year law student. The two wedded shortly after, and their first child, Jane, was born in 1955. However, Martin Ginsburg was drafted shortly after. When he returned, Ginsburg enrolled at Harvard Law, being one of nine women in a class of 500 people. Although facing gender discrimination and being chastised by male authority figures, Ginsburg persisted and became the first female member of the Harvard Law Review. During this time, however, her husband Martin was recovering from cancer and decided to move to New York City for, a career, for career opportunities. With one year left, Ginsburg transferred to Columbia Law School and served on their law review as well. Ginsburg graduated first in her class in 1959. After university, Ginsburg's academic sword and shield were not enough to tackle the gender discrimination she endured in the 1960s. In 1963, she accepted a job as a law professor at Rutgers Law School and later transferred to teach at Columbia in 1972, becoming the first female professor at Columbia to be tenured. 
On top of that, Ginsburg also directed the Women's Rights Project on the ACLU in the 70s and argued six successful cases before the Supreme Court on gender discrimination. In 1980, Ginsburg accepted an offer from former President Jimmy Carter to become a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals from the District of Columbia and in 1993 was appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States by former President Bill Clinton, becoming the second woman to serve on the high court. In 1996, Ginsburg wrote the majority opinion in United States v. Virginia, holding the qualified woman could not be denied admission to Virginia Military Institute. Known for her fiery dissents, Ginsburg was also known for her close friendship to the late Justice Antonin Scalia. And I was listening to him and disagreeing with a good part of what he said, but thought he said it in an absolutely captivating way. <laughs> I think we should leave it at that great point. We agree on a whole lot of stuff. We do. Ruth is really bad only on the knee-jerk stuff. She is <laughs> Their friendship, by the way, wasn't just based on speaking at events together. There was a picture in Justice Ginsburg's chambers of her and Justice Scalia on a trip to India riding an elephant. And they were both fans of the opera. They loved the opera. They actually had a picture of the both of them dressing up as opera characters, and they would spend New Year's Eve together with their spouses. The divide between left and right seemed blurred with their friendship. We'll be right back after this break. There was another student at Cornell yes. <laughs> who decided to become a lawyer, too. Yeah, my dear husband. Your yeah. dear husband. Yeah, in fact, we had decided that whatever we do, we do it together. Hi, I'm Christine, and I'm a big fan of The Beat with Panya in. I get caught up on the 2020 elections, the news of the week, and the latest hot topics. Make sure you tune in every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is Panya in, and before we get to our regularly scheduled program, I just want you to know this. If you're like me, coffee is your main source of energy. Well, I want to tell you about this cute little tumbler I got from Sparkles and Confetti. It has like my name written in Art Deco design and the New York City skyline. It just screams me. Whether it's personal gifts like this or party planning ideas after coronavirus, go to Sparkles and Confetti on Instagram to add that glitz and glamour into your life. That's at Sparkles and Confetti. That's at S-P-A-R-K-L-E-S-N-C-O-N-F-E-T-T-I. Now, back to the program. It was beyond my wildest imagination that I would one day become the notorious RBG. I am now 86 years old, yet people of all ages want to take their picture with me. Amazing. If I am notorious, it is because I had the good fortune to be alive and a lawyer in the late 1960s, then and continuing through the 1970s. For the first time in history, it became possible to urge before courts successfully that equal justice under law requires all arms of government to regard women as persons equal in stature to men. 
And that was Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg speaking at the University at Buffalo, where they honored her with an honorary law degree. The Notorious RBG. After the retirement of Justice Sandra Day O'Connor in 2006, Justice Ginsburg's popularity grew as the only woman on the high court at the time. As we mentioned before, Ginsburg was known for her dissents, but her most notorious was Shelby County v. Holder, where she criticized Justice Chief Justice John Roberts' 4-5 ruling that struck down a key section of the Voting Rights Act, freeing mostly southern states from having to clear voting changes with the federal government. She wrote, quote, throwing out preclearance when it has worked and is continuing to work to stop discriminatory changes is like throwing away your umbrella in a rainstorm because you are not getting wet. Internet memes began popping up and young girls began dressing up as the justice for Halloween. The meme, the notorious RBG, was started by a student at the NYU Law School, where they heard the dissent, they read the dissent, and they thought of the notorious B.I.G. Biggie Smalls at that time. Now, the meme is so well circulated and so popular that everyone just wanted to have that slice of the notorious RBG. And if you watch the Hulu documentary, you will hear Justice Ginsburg say that there are many people that want to take photos with her. We're going to take another break, but leading us out is Justice Ginsburg being interviewed by Late Show host Stephen Colbert. You may have been asked if a hot dog is a sandwich. Here's the Justice giving her opinions on that. But I just had to press her on one of the most divisive issues facing our country. Is a hot dog a sandwich? You're asking me? Well, you tell me what a sandwich is and then I'll tell you if a hot dog is a sandwich. Uh, a sandwich is um, two pieces of bread with almost any type of filling in between, as long as it's not more bread. You said two pieces of bread. Does that include a roll that's cut open but still not completely? See, that's the crux. You've gotten immediately. See, this is why you're on the Supreme Court. That gets immediately to the question, does the roll need to be separated into two parts because a sub sandwich, a sub is not split, and yet it is a sandwich. Yes. So then hot dog is a sandwich? On your definition, yes it is. Well played, Lady Justice. Hi, I'm Christine, and I'm a big fan of The Beat with Panyin. I get caught up on the 2020 elections, the news of the week, and the latest hot topics. Make sure you tune in every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi everyone, this is Panya In, and before we get to our regularly scheduled program, I just want you to know this. If you're like me, coffee is your main source of energy. Well, I want to tell you about this cute little tumbler I got from Sparkles and Confetti. It has like my name written in Art Deco design and the New York City skyline. It just screams me. Whether it's personal gifts like this or party planning ideas after coronavirus, Go to Sparkles and Confetti on Instagram to add that glitz and glamour into your life. That's at Sparkles and Confetti. That's at S-P-A-R-K-L-E-S-N-C-O-N-F-E-T-T-I. Now, back to the program. 
When Justice Ginsburg passed away on Friday, she passed away on the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. Many pointed out that because she died on Rosh Hashanah, she is considered a tzaddik or a a person of righteousness. We'll get back to that detail in a second. But as a person practicing Judaism, Justice Ginsburg has said that her faith flamed her passion to help in the plight of minorities. NPR reporter Nina Tonberg explained the tradition of dying on Rosh Hashanah and becoming the tzaddik on Twitter. She says, quote, a Jewish teaching says those who die just before the Jewish New Year are the ones God has held back until the last moment because they were needed the most and were the most righteous, end quote. Now, it is an understatement to say that Justice Ginsburg left an indelible legacy. You can see the reaction and grief throughout the country where many people felt they knew the notorious RBG and felt that she was their champion. Now, at the time of her passing, we see those very people wanting to continue her legacy and enduring belief of equal justice under law. In 2015, she told MSNBC how she wanted to be remembered, saying, Someone who used whatever talent she had to do her work to the very best of her ability and to help repair tears in her society to make things a little better through the use of whatever ability she has. That's our report here on The Beat. Thank you for joining us this evening. Stay with us as the presidential election season reaches its climax as the first presidential debate is scheduled for next Tuesday. I'll see you on Friday. I'm Hanya In. Thanks and good night. People like Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Harriet Tubman, I stand on the shoulders of those brave people. The, the court wasn't an unknown territory to me. I mean, I worked at the Court of Appeals. I knew Justice Scalia from our Court of Appeals days together. I knew Justice Clarence Thomas, who was also on the D.C. Circuit. But Sandra was as close as I came to having a big sister. You know, the standard robe is made for a man because it has a place for the shirt to show and the tie. So Sandra Day O'Connor and I thought it would be appropriate if we included it as part of, of our robe, something typical of a, of a woman. When Sandra left, it was a very lonely place for me to be. That is a, a rather well-fed men up there. And then there was a small, small, small little woman. <laughs> it was the wrong perception. In my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench. Women not shaped from the same mold, but of different complexions. People ask me sometimes, when will there be enough women on the court? And my answer is, when there are nine. Because I've been there so long, I sit next to the chief, and to the left, some seats down, is Justice Sotomayor, and to the right, Justice Kagan. We're all over the bench. We're one-third of the bench. <laughs> I love my job. It's the best and the hardest job that I have ever had. And it's what it has kept me going through four cancer bouts. Instead of concentrating on my aches and pains, I just know that I have to read this set of briefs. 
and concentrate on, on the court's work.